0: How long will this Thunder rebuild take? Which role players will survive the roster turnover this offseason? How do you grade the Bali Sports Oklahoma broadcast? And was the Seinfeld finale actually good? That's coming up on this Mailbag Edition of Locked on Thunder. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at Lothunderpod. Email the show, pod at gmail.com. Call into the show for 05362-7128. On today's show, brought to you by Locker Room, changing the way we talk about sports, we're going to get into a mailbag episode. That's right. We're going to take your questions from Twitter, your questions from Reddit, and dive into them all. A lot of questions here about a wide range of topics: Seinfeld, whose lines in anyway, the Thunder, the NBA, Star Wars, everything. We're going to talk about it all. And again, I appreciate everyone who sent the, who sent in the questions, and also I just appreciate everyone who's given us the support to so me, my mom, my family. It's been greatly appreciated. I want to give back in some way with these mailbag episodes and get your interaction with the show. Let's lead off with that Tanner BC hints on Twitter. With Shea in the last year of his contract next season, how long or how do the Thunder handle this? And would you sign him long-term before going into next year? So the Thunder in this year's contract is very interesting because I think that it kind of confuses some people on the contract side of things. While his contract is technically up at the end of next year, he's a restricted free agent and the Thunder can offer him more money than anybody else can. So the Thunder are going to be able to resign him. And even if he wanted to leave, if he wanted to go sign somewhere else, the Thunder have the ability to match that contract, and they absolutely would match any contract given to SGA. And it'd be easier to just knock it out this offseason, as you alluded to. I think it gets done this off season, but if it doesn't, it's no big deal because SGA literally has no choice in this. I mean, he does not have a choice to sign anywhere else because the Thunder have his rights and the Thunder can match his contract. So, yes, SGA will be back long term. He'll be back uh, with the Thunder without question, and there's no reason to believe that he won't just go ahead and sign this offseason on a long-term extension, a max extension probably, for SGA. So that'd be a lot of fun to, to have a max player again. And SGA has proven to be good and then that good of a player. So yes, yeah, so I think he's back, of course, long-term. And I think that he gets signed this offseason. From at Thunder the Up, why is Seinfeld the best show? Why can't I pick my favorite season, much less episode? Seinfeld is awesome. Seinfeld is my favorite show also. And you're right on that point about... I can't even tell you my favorite episode. I can't tell you my favorite season. I, I, I love it from start to finish. Seinfeld is incredible. It's a beautiful work of art. I, I just, I can't put into words how awesome that show is. Uh, it's, it's kind of a comfort show, right? You just get to watch it and you know you're going to laugh no matter how many times you've seen it. And if you know what's coming, you're still going to laugh. You're still going to have fun watching Seinfeld. And, and Seinfeld is best watched on Hulu because Hulu has that feature you can just tell it to play a random episode and you can just hit that button over and over again. And you're always going to love the episode it provides for you. It's such a great show. I I love Seinfeld. Uh, My my character that I relate to most is George Costanza. I I love Seinfeld so much, but Roby Island asks, what are your thoughts on the Seinfeld finale? And that they love it because it ends where it starts and there's something nice about that. Yeah. I think that the finale was better the second time around. So if you went back and rewatched the whole show, it was better the second time around, but I think it was very well done. I think it was a good finale for that show. Seinfeld is just incredibly awesome. We'll get back to the Thunder question with PK120 on Reddit. Who does the Thunder keep on the roster next season out of Gabriel Deck, Tony Bradley, Moses Brown, Isaiah Roby, Mekhi Luke? So if you can only pick one of that group, so who's the most likely, I think it's Gabriel Deck because he's played like an NBA player so far. He's, he's lived up to what you wanted out of him so far. And again, just going back to the Thunder culture, and we we talk about how the reputation from, or about the Thunder, from veteran players, from coaches, from GMs, from the league itself, from the media members, just the reputation it has in Oklahoma City is that it does things the right way, and it does right by their players, and they do everything the right way. And it would be be very abnormal for the Thunder to do something like this with Gabrielle Deck, where they they make him come over, and they sign him to a long-term deal that they can get out of, and he quarantines, he goes through the pandemic, you know, protocols and things like that. He plays eight games and they say, okay, sayonara, we don't want you anymore. I think that he's going to be back next year. I think this he's going to be a lock for next year's roster. And you have to think of this roster next year with deck in mind. Now, of the next group of guys, because you mentioned also Tony Bradley, Moses Brown, Isaiah Roby, and Svee, I think that the next most likely player is Isaiah Roby because the Thunder love Isaiah Roby. And I've said that before training camp, before the preseason, even after that terrible preseason. I said the Thunder love this guy. They're going to keep him around. They did keep him around. You've seen them tinker with him at every turn to find what role is best for his game and how they can maximize his game. They like Roby. I think they're gonna keep Roby. And that's my pecking word would be deck, Roby. And then from there, Sphi has that NBA trait of, of a shooter. Tony Bradley is a more functional NBA player than Moses Brown. And then you get Moses Brown involved at the end. So that would be my hierarchy of that specific group for next year's roster. This one from Mick Jack Knife, best bit from Whose Line Is It Anyway? And you know what? Reddit is, is funny because I never I never watched Whose Lines Anyway until I got all these Reddit comments about my name, Rylan Styles. And I guess there was a comedian named Ryan Styles, spoke the styles the same way as I do on that show. So I looked it up and I started watching all the bits on YouTube and watching the show that way. And uh, Ryan actually is my favorite character of that group. So it was pretty funny that I found that out from Reddit because of my name and went and looked it up and found it that way. Uh, my best bit is actually a hoedown. I think the hoedowns are hilarious. And it, although Ryan styles hates the hoedowns, but I think they're hilarious. I think that's the, my favorite bit of whose lines anyway, and also the Irish drinking songs I like that one as well. I love whose lines anyway now because of Reddit, because they they made that joke all the time about my name uh, whenever I first started posting on there. And every time since I've posted, I've always gotten somebody that says something about Ryan Stiles instead of <laughs> instead of me. But it, it, I, I like that show now from watching on YouTube. I've never gotten to watch it you know, a full-length episode yet, but I do like the bits on YouTube. I like the hoedown bit a ton. Now, the next Thunder question from ThunderBuckets97. Who is the Thunder role player you miss the most? That's a tough one. So all time, I assume... Is what you mean by this? I don't think that you mean uh, a role player that I miss from this year's team. I do miss watching Mike Muscala though play because I just like Mike Muscala. Uh, I like his game. I like the way he plays. All time is fascinating because it kind of depends on the era that you're talking about and what you define a role player as. So, like, my favorite Thunder player is Nick Collison, but if we don't define him as a role player, because he was kind of more than that, that feels kind of. That feels unjust, and, and you're talking to somebody who uh, has Nick Collison's Hall of Fame. Or I think he should be in the Hall of Fame of the of Basketball Hall of Fame. So it feels unjust to only call him a role player. So if you have to go beyond Nick Collison, as we think that we should, you know, that's a tough one. I, I there, you always fall in love with with a ton of players on your team every single year. But Eric Maynor is a guy that I always loved his game a lot, and he kind of fell into that role player, uh, that role player role, so to say. Yeah, I think I'd go with Eric Maynard, um, I love Karan Butler from even his Mavericks days, and so whenever he came over in that buyout kind of scene, that was a lot of fun. Anthony Morrow was electric, and then you had all the jokes about Kyle Singler. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I think that the the, the fan in me misses Eric Maynard. The media member in me misses Deion Waiters. Because it seems like covering a team that Deion Waiters is on gives you unlimited content and talking to a guy like Dion Waiters gives you unlimited content that I would like to cover Dion Waiters at some point. So bring him home, Sam Presti, so we can have some fun media availability sessions. And then our last non Thunder related topic comes on Reddit from uh, Viliate Falcon. They say, since tomorrow is May the 4th, who is your favorite non Darth Vader character? Since it is May the 4th. Look, I'm going to be upfront and honest, right? We like transparency. I've never seen star Wars. And I am hoping right now that Nick Angstead is not listening to this podcast right now, my boss, because he loves Star Wars. Um, you know, I usually like when he listens, but I'm hoping he's not listening to this one right now because I've never seen it. It's just too confusing for me. I mean, you can't watch him in order. You've got to find some backdoor channel to watch him on because you can't go in the release date order. You've got to go in this weird, you know, just convoluted order. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and I can't wrap my head around it. I don't understand jumping from era to era and then finding it all and piecing it all together. It doesn't make sense to me. If you laid it out correctly and, and you released them in order one through however many there are, I'd be all on board, but because you release number one, but it's actually number seven, number seven is actually number two. I don't know. I, I can't, I can't do it. I, I need this. I need a cheat sheet. I need somebody to make me a cheat sheet of the order. I'm supposed to watch it in. That makes the most amount of sense to somebody who who knows nothing about star Wars. And then I'd watch it. But until then I just can't get with the program. I will say though, Baby Yoda is incredible, so does that count as a Star Wars character? Because I think it was like some sort of other thing that was not actually called Star Wars. I don't know. Sure, Yoda or Baby Yoda, one of the two, is my favorite Star Wars character. Now, let's get into all of the Thunder questions that we have had from this mailbag. But first, I want to tell you about a good friends over at Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there was a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, be better? There is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditation for an easy to use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the fields of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace is a three minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has a wind-down session that their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. I often have trouble falling into sleep at night, and so Headspace can be a great tool for you to use and test out for yourself. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with a mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime anywhere you deserve to feel happier and headspace is a meditation made simple go to headspace.com slash locked on nba that's headspace.com slash locked on nba for one month trial with access to headspace's full library of meditations for every situation check it out right now headspace.com Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so we are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Staus. R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. All right, let's get back in the mailbag. So this one from based Akron, I hope I said that right. Are the players on board with the tank or are some anti-tank? So I can only answer this with the information I have. So I don't have anything that's inside uh, beyond what I've already shared with you on Twitter or on this podcast. You know, we're not in the locker room this year. We're on Zoom. So, you know, it's not like we have a ton of sidebar conversations at all with these players. And I'll say this, the attitude on the bench, the body language on the bench, the body language in our press conferences, the body language of the player's. Watching the press conference, you know, messing around with Mark Digmont, for example, kind of messing with him off screen, messing with players off screen, yelling at them, you know, these funny things off camera at these players who are doing their, their media availability, doing all that stuff, right? The stories we get told about what's happening in the hotels and things like that, you know, playing around or, or, or bonding with these guys on the plane, the stories we get told, what we see on the outside, right? We see them on the bench dancing and cheering, we see them post game, high spirits. They say the right things, they're saying how you know they know this will get them better, and they're just trying to focus on their game and things like that, not the scoreboard. They're saying all the right things, they're doing all the right things. And the Thunder have been uncommonly, right, this is not common around the entire NBA, but for the Thunder it's very common, they've, they've been very transparent of what this season's about and what the goal for this season is and what the goal is. And these players are at that stage where they could care less about wins and losses, honestly. I mean, they're trying to survive. They're trying to to be on an NBA roster, right? Right now, they're not trying to win a championship. And that's the bottom line. The Thunder are not, and neither is Kendrick Williams. Kendrick Williams wants to get that guaranteed contract. He wants to get that next deal. He wants to stay in the NBA. Sphi, Ty Jerome, Roby, all these guys, they don't want to win a ring necessarily right now. If they did, it'd be awesome. But what they really want to do is they want to prove themselves. And they want to prove they can play in the NBA. That's the stage of their career that they're at, and that's why you see them not get down after losses. Because if they individually can do the right things, it'll pay off in the long run. But from what we've seen, what they're showing us is that they're all on board with this season. They're all on board with trying to get better, trying to compete, and you see it between the lines too, right? You see it in the actual game that they're playing hard, they're playing with hustle, they're playing with energy, they're playing the right way, even while they're losing 14 straight games. You saw Lou Dort, tell SGA, we're not losing 15 straight. After he found out about the streak and he found out about the franchise high, we're not losing 15 straight. Like they're all still in it together. They're all still engaged. They're all still, they're all still engaged and just focused and giving effort this late in the year. And on a team that did not want to tank or on a team that did not think that they were that they should be tanking, they wouldn't have this sort of camaraderie or they wouldn't have this sort of buy-in this late in the year. They just wouldn't. So I think that they're all on board with the message that they've been told. And we have to remember, this is not tanking in terms of the players. The players are trying every night to win games. The, the tanking happens with Sam Presti. It happens with building a roster. And they've done that part. They've tanked already. And the players are out there, and they're going to play their hardest, and they're going to see what happens. They all None of them seem disgruntled, so that's a great sign. So I would assume they're all on board. The next one from Reddit from Noto Toe. Daily listener here, Rylan, the show makes my mornings that much better. Sending you and your uh, yours all the support and good vibes. Thank you so much for that. Uh, they say, with the focus being on lottery picks, who do you think the Thunder should target with their second round picks? As we've already talked a lot about the lottery and about um, you know what the top prospects are. So the second rounders. BJ Boston is a big one. I- I'm a sucker for the story of, you know, this is a five-star kid coming out of high school. Everyone thought he was going to be awesome. And then he was terrible in college, and-, and he needs that chance to bounce back. I'm a sucker for that stuff. I think that B.J. Boston, with the change of scenery, getting out of Kentucky, guards kind of struggling Kentucky a bit, get B.J. Boston to the NBA, better spacing, better for his skill set, and he could be a better player. So I like B.J. Boston in one of those three second-round picks. I like Max Abrams, the point guard from Earl Roberts. I mean, might as well give it a go and take a swing on him because he has that upside of a score. I love Deshaun Nix. Same thing. When Deshaun Nix went to the G League Ignite team, there were – a ton of articles about it, and same with Isaiah Todd. Those two guys, Isaiah Todd, Deshaun Nix, they've both were highly covered in the in the high school ranks for colleges. They go to the G League night route, and they're buried by Jalen Green, Kaminga, and they're kind of forgotten about. But those two guys can legitimately play in this league. I like both their games. I've talked to both of them, watched them practice, watched them play. I like Nix. I like Todd. And also Abaji from Kansas, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is in some play is in some places. Second round prospect, you know, like in some mock drafts, he's a second round prospect. Uh, Richard Stamen, our NBA draft expert, has him in his top five. Like I've heard about Jeremiah Robinson-Earl for five years, it feels like. He's only a sophomore. And I think that he can play very well. At least he's worth a shot, at least. Uh, Charles Bassey, same kind of guy, went to Western Kentucky. You know, he's been a guy that's hung around and been a, a pivotal and a prominent high school basketball player and was highly coveted. He goes to Western Kentucky and kind of you've heard about him for years and years now. He's a junior now. And he has NBA traits. Is it uh, you know Austin Reeves is a guy from Oklahoma that people love. I don't necessarily see it with Reeves myself, but with that 55 overall pick, you, know, you might as well take a swinger on on a, on a Austin Reeves type of guy. Quentin Grimes is another player. My Jayhawk bias is showing a bit there, but he's a nice shooter from Houston. He went played in Kansas his first couple of years in college. I like Quentin Grimes a lot too. There's a lot of very fascinating second round prospects. In this year's draft class, and you can even see maybe a guy like Ao dipping down in the second round. So if Ao goes to the second round, I love him with pick fifty-three. He's awesome. And then I think that in the pre-draft process, freshman Zaire Williams can really tank his stock or raise his stock to where he might be the biggest mover, positively or negatively. So if he slips to fifty-three or he rises to you know eighteen or sixteen, wherever that Miami pick falls. If Houston keeps their pick, that's another name I really like for the Thunder at either at either slot, and it just depends on his pre-draft process. I wouldn't let him fall that low, but it's the NBA draft. You just never know who's going to rise, who's going to fall. But I do really enjoy his game a ton and can see him being very polarizing once we get to the pre-draft process. But good question there from Based or from Noto. And then the next one comes from uh, Falcon, and they say on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate the broadcast team on Bali Sports Oklahoma? Now, if you listen to the show before, you know that I'm a sucker for sports media. I, I like sports media and the intricacies and, and the personalities and things like that almost more than the sport itself. But for the Bali Sports Oklahoma team, so I think that the team would have had to be Chris Fisher and Michael Cage and Parrish Lawson and Nick Gallo. I think that you cannot do much better than Nick Gallo and Parrish Lawson. Those, those, those are two great Southern reporters and great additions to the, to the broadcast. Now, color and play to play. You got... Chris, you've got Cage. I think that Chris Fisher gets a bad rap. I think that Chris Fisher is the textbook announcer. What I mean by that is he does everything by the book. If you go to a journalism class and you learn how to do play a play and you do play play enough, as I have done play-to-play, I've, I've gone to all the classes and things like that, he does everything exactly by the book. He does everything in order and everything within a sequence and a rhythm, and it's all very tidy, right? It's all very nice and neat and particular. Whereas it's a big contrast to the play play guy you had before, who was not very professional, so to say, who was more flamboyant and more over-the-top, and not necessarily worry about how to how to be professional, how to be a sharp edge, but rather how to be excited and how to be this kind of WWE figure on the mic. Chris Fisher wants to do things the right way. He wants to do things the way you're supposed to do them and not really venture out. And so that that huge contrast from what you had before to what you have now with Brian Davis and Chris Fisher, that kind of left a bad taste in people's mouths because they they miss that kind of WWE type figure where you're going to get you know very excited and you're going to start screaming and have different catchphrases. Chris Fisher doesn't do the gimmicks; he does things by the book, and, and the gimmicks is what you're missing out on with Chris Fisher. And you can you can love the gimmicks or hate the gimmicks. It's up. It's kind of just a personal preference there. With Michael Cage, same thing. There are far better color analysts that break the game down and explain the game to you and explain what a pick-and-roll does or explain what that set that they just ran was or how this team manipulates the defense that way, that can explain the X's and O's a lot better than than Cage. Look no further than New Orleans with Antonio Davis, who who was the Thunder Live host for a while. He can break the game down, talk the game of basketball way better than Michael Cage can. can. He can talk circles about the game of basketball than Michael Cage can. Uncle Cage does not want to do the X's and O's. He doesn't want to do the huge breakdown of the play. He wants to throw in a couple funny one-liners every possession and have you talk about him. He wants to be talked about. I think he loves it. Whenever we're on Twitter saying, did you hear what Cage just said? He said about his church league, this, and he said, you know, he compared Hamadou Diallo to Zion Williamson. Like, did you hear all this stuff he's saying? I think that he soaks it up. And he loves that. He's not necessarily wanting to break down the X's and O's. And so, Again, it's personal preference. Do you want to hear more about the nerdy stuff or like the sets or the schemes, or do you want to have fun? Do you want to sit down and watch, watch a game with your kid and have your kid laugh a few times or, or have your kid laugh and repeat some of his catchphrases a few times around the house? Like it's just all kind of depends on where you're at with the game of basketball and what you want out of your broadcast. All in all, I'd give it about a C+. I think it could be more fun from Chris Fisher's standpoint and more serious from Michael Cage's standpoint, and they balance each other out to be about an average crew. I think Paris and Nick do a great job, and that they those two are an upper echelon in terms of a sideline pairing. But coming up, we still have more questions to get to. This might have to be another two-parter and go again on Friday for some of these questions. I want to get to every single one of them uh, in this episode or in an episode this week. But right now, let's talk about our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at Online. This week has a ton of sport action on the go as the NFL draft wraps up. Kentucky Derby is starting up again uh, this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and information for all of your sports needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and this is your chance to start the playoff run with your teams. Head over to the website or use your mobile device. It's not today and receive your 50% welcome bonus by going to betonlineag and using our promo code locked on. That's our promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online support book. experts. Bet on every single Thunder game with me at betonline.ag. Let's see right now about our good friends over at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right, 20 years ago. You probably couldn't even work your email properly. You had dial-up internet so every time your phone would ring, the internet stops working. It was a total and absolute disaster. But you could have been going to rockauto.com and finding all the parts your car would ever need. But the best time to do that was 20 years ago. The second best time is right this second. Go to rockauto.com and find all the parts that your car will ever, ever, ever need. What I love about rockauto.com is that I know nothing about cars. Absolutely nothing. And yet, I don't have to because their website is so amazing. I just put my make, my model, my year into their database and they're only going to show me car parts that are compatible with my vehicle. So check it out today, rockauto.com. Tell them Locked On sent you in the how did you hear about his box, and they'll know what to do from there. RockAuto.com, amazing selection. live low prices, all the parts your car with a need. RockAuto.com. Let's get into these questions some more. The next question comes from SquaredAway808. Is DECK more of an insurance player or insurance acquisition, or do you think it's part of the team long term? I think he's a long-term fit. I think that deck is going to be an NBA player for a long time and he can fill that role of being a role player off the bench and kind of be maybe a spot starter if you get hurt along the way. But he's a very competitive player. He's a very winnable player, right? You can win with him. You can play him in winning lineups and help you win games and win playoff series eventually. And so I think the deck is here for quite some time in Oklahoma City. He can be a really, really good player. Also from squared away 808 on Reddit, how long do you think realistically this team is going to take to retool and be a competitive playoff push again. It's fascinating the word choice you use. So you use retool and you use competitive push. So in terms of tanking, if the lottery goes your way this year, you're done tanking. And next year, you roll the ball out there, you put your best foot forward, you try to win games, and you might be too young to, though. You might be too young, you might not be able to put games away late, And you lose games, but not because you're trying to lose, not because of the roster construction, but because you're just too young and you just aren't there yet. You also could roll the ball out there next year, try to win and be really good. I mean, this team is only two games under 500 whenever SGA plays. This team can be really good next year and be a play-in team next year. So it can go either direction. And I don't think that you mess with it. I don't think you make a big push. I don't think you make a big tank. You just kind of see what happens. You throw your arms up, see what happens and, and see if they're good or if they need some more seasoning. And then after next year then you start that competitive push and I'm I'm going to read into this and say that you mean you you start cashing in draft picks and trades and start getting win now players and start trying to win a championship again I think you give the team next year you see how they gel together you see how you can adjust then the following season you start making those win now trades you get a cat you get a Real, you you get a somebody who's disgruntled and somebody who needs a change of scenery, and you go swoop in, you steal them away from their team, you put them on your team, and now you've got a very young collection of talent that can win games with a ready-made NBA star. Which by that time you'll probably have two. You'll have SGA and then whoever you trade for. And if you get Cade, you'll have Cade SGA and whoever you trade for. Like I think that next year is a fun year, like just a a, a free for all year where. You don't mess with anything good or bad. You just see what happens. You see how the game plays out. It's a lot of fun. You're watching young players have the highest of highs and probably the lowest of lows. And then after that, things get real and you start to push and you start to try your hand at a championship again. But that is on the contingency that the lottery goes your way this summer on June 22nd. So from at top gamer 77 Evan Mobley or Jalen Grant number two. With this one, I think that Evan Mobley's the pick at number two because he has that upside, because he does things that you've never seen before. He, he's a big man who Richard Stamen accidentally compared to Kevin Durant, but, but I say that not to poke fun at him again, although he did call Evan Mobley Kevin Durant. I say that because whenever you're trying to, on the spot, think of who he could be if all things go well, and you're throwing out a big... You know, a big four that can score, that can handle, that can do the things Kevin Durant can on accident. When you're throwing that kind of stuff around, it shows the versatility of his game. And that's something that Mark really loves. That's something that you don't come up across very often. When you throw around the ceiling of Jalen Green, Jalen Green's ceiling is a bucket getter as a guard who can hopefully turn into a good defender. You find a lot more bucket getters that are guards that can be a good defender than you do Evan Mobley's. So you take the swing at number two as a pick. Now, on a big board scenario, we're trying to project who's going to be the best players and who's going to be the best of this draft. I go Jalen Green, number two on my big board. So again, draft-wise on draft night, number two, you draft them Mobley. You take the big swing. On the big board, whenever you're projecting their careers and projecting what they reach floor and ceiling-wise, Jalen Green is the safer route to me. I love Jalen Green. I'm, I'm higher on him than I think everybody, but Jalen Green is awesome. And from talking to him, from talking to Coach Shaw about him, from, from watching him play practice and everything else... Jalen Green has the it factor, the the it factor that's not explainable. And I feel very comfortable saying he'll be a very good NBA player and he will have the safest route to being a good player, the safest path to being a good player. On the contrary, though, we've seen a lot of Jalen Greens that can do what he does, so to say. Not that many Evan Mobley's exist. So you take the swing, you take the the hopeful swing on Evan Mobley in the draft, big board, Jalen Green number two. And then are the Lakers in trouble for the play-in? You know, again, I would love to see the Lakers in the play-in. I would love it. I think it's will be a lot of fun, be a lot of drama. But eventually, they find their way to about pick, I mean, you should say to about seed number five or something, and the rest is history. And we forget all about LeBron James saying something so incredibly dumb as the person who created the pledge we fired. But that's the part one mailbag. We'll have more questions tomorrow. We'll also have Stockwatch tomorrow. And we'll talk about the weekend tomorrow. As this podcast is over, go check out Locked On today, wherever you get your podcasts from giving you all the sport news in under 20 minutes. Peter Bukowski does a great job with Locked On Today. Go check it out. Locked On Today, anywhere you get your podcast from. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. What a perfect ending to a historic day! Hey, Prime members.